Welcome to the Prairie Producers Podcast. At Prairie Producers, we grow and process industrial hemp fiber into user-specified sizes, feeding American-grown hemp fiber back into the American supply chain. As the very first hemp fiber processor in the state of Minnesota, our goal is to provide hemp-related information and education. My name is Nicole Johnson. I am your host and business manager at Prairie Producers. In this week's episode, Hemp Growers Magazine Associate Editor Teresa Bennett gets to be on the other side of the interview. She contacted Paul and Tim earlier this summer and interviewed them as part of her research into the hemp fiber industry. You can find Teresa's article, The Future of Fiber, at hempgrower.com. But before you head there, listen as Teresa and I talk about niches and breakthroughs she has seen within the hemp industry. She shares her excitement for fiber and how she believes we as industry experts can continue to share information and education. My name is Teresa Bennett. Uh, people know me as Tess. Uh, I'm an associate editor for Hemp Grow Magazine. Um, I worked at the magazine for about eight months now. Uh, prior to that, I worked for another trade publication um, at our same publishing company, GIE Media. And prior to that, I was a reporter at a local paper, the Beacon Journal, for about two years. Awesome. <laughs> and it hasn't all been hemp-specific, correct? Yeah, right. Now, I've written about a ton of different things, um, wrote about waste and recycling, um, wrote about education, so okay. a bunch of different stuff. So it's a good combination. I mean, pretty much always egg and or educational-specific, would you say? Or maybe not egg, environment maybe is a better word. Um, well, for the at the times where I did have specific topics I was writing about, yes. Um, I started off with the journal, just general assignment. So writing about the community, just like anything going on in the community, crime, wow, events, things like that. So yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah. what do you what do you love the most about being in the hemp industry? Um, well, I would definitely say that sort of the environmental cultivation sort of cross-section that hemp uh, has um, is really like a great fit for me. Like those are really where my interests are. Um, and, you know, the hemp industry is so new and interesting. There's so much going on. There's always something to write about. I mean, there's no shortage of things to write about. Um, and I just think the people in this industry are great to work with, you know, um, everybody's sort of learning together. And I think you can really feel that when you talk to people, um, people generally are always very kind and willing to share information. So definitely a lot to love about the industry. Yeah. It's just awesome to see the support and the, just the willingness to learn and grow together. And I think that's what it's going to take for this industry to actually make a difference and make an impact. So. I love that you say that. Um, what made you decide to, I guess, to take this role or to join in with the hemp industry? I mean, I know what you see now, obviously, you, it sounds like you have no regrets, but how did you get to that point? Yeah, so um, back, like, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, um, I was doing freelance writing, and I found a local cannabis grower who was just seemed like a very interesting character to me, and I wanted to profile. Her, um, her name is Christine Jesus. Um, she's super knowledgeable. Um, and so when I sat down to talk to her, I, I really didn't know anything about you know the cannabis or hemp industries. 
Um, and she just um, told me, gave me so much information. And basically she said, you know, something I'm even more excited about than cannabis is hemp. And she basically just told me about all the promise it offered, both as a cash crop and as a sustainable alternative in, you know, literally thousands of different items. And that just got me really excited. And at the point, um, at that point, I didn't, you know, like many people, I didn't really understand the difference um, between like marijuana and hemp. So, you know, started learning about it and it just um, seems like kind of the answer to, to a lot of different problems. So I think that's really what attracted me to the industry. Awesome. And I think you guys, as a magazine um, and publishing company, you guys do a really good job at covering everything from CBD to fiber to cultivation practices. And um, I'll provide a link to your website too in our notes, but um, I was kind of browsing through it this morning, just kind of refreshing my mind. And um, yeah, it's just amazing. You can take so many, so much information from so many different aspects. And I think you guys do a really good job at putting that out there for everyone. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I guess just to kind of reiterate, you guys talk to obviously everyone from farmers to processors to, um, you know, the growers and things like that. Is there anything, are there any niches within that that you guys like to focus on or maybe that you're looking to grow into um, or anything like that? Um, Well, sort of like you said, we really do try to cover more than just CBD. Um, Of course, that's like the majority of what's happening right now, but we know that um, there sort of is an undercurrent of more industrial cultivation um, sort of coming up. So we really do try to get, um, you know, we try not to focus too heavily on one area or another. So definitely um, hemp farmers across the board. Um, as well as, you know, sometimes processors, um, we are sort of more cultivation focused, but definitely do talk to processors and, um, uh, you know, like state departments of agriculture, uh, we talk to people there as well. Um, and also, um, a lot of attorneys, um, just dealing with, you know, just a new industry. There's a lot to sort of consider in like the legal landscape as well. So, okay. And where are you guys located again? We're in Cleveland. Cleveland. Okay. So you pretty much do everything either if it's outside of your state or within your, you know, your region, you do it via phone interviews, Zoom interviews, things like that, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. All of the above. Okay. Awesome. And so I want to go back to when you said you first learned about this from Christina, when you said you kind of did some self-education, where are you at from maybe that point to today? What have you found are the best sources of education? Um, you know, just how much have you learned or what's your growth process looked like within that eight months to that, to a year? You know, you hear all these things about hemp being, you know, a great sustainable alternative and like hear all these um, sort of tidbits about hemp throughout history, like the American flag was supposedly made out of hemp and things like that. Um, And those are sort of what attracted me, of course, to the industry. And um, I think it's safe to say that there, it's definitely a lot of information that still needs to be found and discovered and there's also some sort of misinformation of course that's floating out around there um, you know for example I can't verify that at all that the first American flag was made out of hemp you know that the Declaration of Independence was written on hemp paper things like that um, but you know 
Um, I still think that it has so much promise as a sustainable alternative. And um, I would say that, you know, there's still so much to learn about cultivation practices, about what varieties work best for what purposes um, and where. And um, I would say just the best sources of information for me have been universities um, and the researchers there who are really putting in the work to, um, you know, figure all these things out, like best practices and, uh, you know, what varieties work in their regions and things like that. Um, and, you know, going along with education, um, I've talked to a lot of state departments of agriculture who have told me that growers will call them for mm-hmm. information, such as, you know, how far should I be planting? How far apart should my rows be? And, you know, looking for simple cultivation information like that. And, um, you know, I think the departments of agriculture are finding that they're sort of being put into these roles that they weren't initially meant for. Um, so I would say for anybody looking for information like that, like their their local university that is studying hemp is definitely the best place to look because those researchers are finding new information all the time and they're also very willing to share it with people. So. Yeah, that's, that's good. So in Minnesota, Margaret is our hemp program coordinator and I did do an interview with her and she was very resourceful and um, very helpful, but I think also learning from farmers and things like that has been, you know, huge for us anyways. It's like the, we have six growers right now here locally to us and it's kind of our, you know, that's our hub of information and it's been amazing and I mean, we can probably say it a thousand times, but everybody is so willing to learn together and I think that that's huge. So with that, what have you seen that the biggest challenge the hemp industry faces is, or biggest challenge, you know, a couple challenges? Yeah, there's obviously um, a lot (laughs) Um, with this new industry that, you know, was um, illegal just a few years ago. Um, But I would say that, like, sort of the crux of many challenges is just regulations, um, both from the USDA and from the FDA regarding CBD products. so, you know, with the USDA, they put out this interim final rule, but it's only temporary until they put out their final rule in 2021. Um, and now we're sort of in this place where states are operating under the 2014 Farm Bill, they're trying to transition to the 2018 Farm Bill, and then that might not even be the final sort of uh, framework that they're going to need to follow because that could change in 2021. So I think just that uncertainty, um, it can be confusing, um, as well as, you know, the different regulations between states, um, sort of just figuring out where you need to operate this year and what that may look like next year, because it could be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, on the CBD side, we have the FDA that has yet to put out um, a regulatory framework for CBD companies to operate within, and that has really... Um, Even, you know, some of the largest companies that this industry has, like Charlotte's Web, CV Sciences, have come out and said, this has been a big problem because, um, you know, stores are confused. They're not sure if they can carry these products, Um, you know, things like that. Even consumers are confused. Um, They don't know what brands to trust. Um, So... 
I think that's going to continue to be a problem for a while um, until the FDA really decides to regulate the products that are already out there. Um, we don't process CBD here and we don't plan to, but we hope mm -hmm. to have like a small retail spot for people to come in locally and try it out and see if they, you know, have, see the health benefits that we do. Um, so we're kind of going through this trial and error of, okay, we found these guys online, let's check out their website, let's maybe test a product ourselves, let's look at the labeling, let's ask them questions and things like that. So I think that's, you know, until, like you said, the FDA kind of gets a standard set, that's probably the best resource or the best way to kind of decide what, what works and it, everything, it might be different. You know, what works for you might not work for me. So I, I think that's important to, to take note of too. Um, yeah, and I guess on the flip side of that, have, what kind of breakthroughs have you seen or have you experienced or maybe even interviewed about that has been really exciting and, you know, gives, gives hope and excitement for the future? Yeah, well, um, I definitely think, you know, um, since the Farm Bill was passed, um, obviously the industry has really sort of turned right towards CBD. That's kind of where everyone thought the money would be. Um, so all of our infrastructure is geared towards CBD, or most of it. Um, and, you know, I think last year people sort of realized that it didn't really turn out like many had hoped. Um, many people didn't make as much money as they had wanted. A lot of people lost money. Um, especially trying to push those cannabinoid contents and, you know, um, going hot over the THC limit. So I think a lot of people are starting to realize this year that um, the more industrial varieties might actually be sort of the long play in hemp. Um, and that's sort of something that I've just really heard repeated from both farmers and processors is that they see um, hemp fiber particularly is as the uh, long-term, as hemp's long-term, you know, success. Um, and I think that is a big breakthrough because, you know, CBD production is labor intensive and it's difficult to do it on a large scale. And, um, you know, in growing industrial varieties is like the total opposite. Um, and so, you know, just hearing farmers saying they're realizing this and also hearing processors at the same time saying they're realizing it and you know seeing those sort of puzzle pieces start to come together I think is a big breakthrough for the industry and I think we'll continue to see it in the next couple of years hopefully play out like that and hopefully come to realization. Mm -hmm. Yeah and I think that's really cool that you say that because we you know, we, that's kind of where we started. We were looking, or Paul and Tim were looking into CBD and growing for that. That was the idea. Yep, we're moving forward. And then a door opened that um, for them to grow for fiber. And it, it's, I mean, it's amazing. Once you start digging, kind of digging down that rabbit hole, I guess, you realize that, I mean, the possibilities are just unlimited as to what you can do with it. And that, to me, yeah. is so awesome. I mean, as you said, the sustainability, the, I mean just potential is huge so awesome well is there anything else that I didn't ask or maybe anything on your day-to-day -day, you know routine or interviews that you see kind of trend or anything that comes to mind that you think you know our listeners could learn from you um well I mean you um asked me like some questions that I receive a lot and mm -hmm. 
say this is a question that I personally get a lot, but I think, you know, there's a big question in the industry right now about that THC limit, that 0.3, and just how big of a crux it is, and is it going to change? And, you know, I think people have a lot of questions about that. Um, and so, you know, unfortunately for some parts of that question, there aren't many answers, like where did that limit come into play? Um, it's, it's sort of an arbitrary number um, based on some research done in Canada in, I believe, the 1970s. Um, and, you know, people are wondering if it's going to change. And unfortunately, the USDA came out and said that they um, don't have the ability to change it. It needs to be changed, needs to be written into law through Congress. Um, and I just sort of think that's an important thing for people to understand that you know, the USDA isn't really, they don't have certain control over certain aspects of, of the hemp um, rule. And so, um, you know, people are advocating for a change at the con uh, at Congress level. And, um, you know, I just, I think that if it does change, um, that's going to be something that will take some time. So, you know, as far as the uh, THC limit, I think that's probably a problem we're going to be dealing with at least for the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and you know, I think one of the things too that at least that we've been discussing with, like Margaret, like I said on on our state level, is maybe if those fields do test hot and they go over that point three, can we turn that into fiber? I mean, yeah. you know, we're not putting it into the food system but maybe we can turn it into clothing or, you know, maybe animal bedding or something like that that would be useful, not maybe what it was intended for, but we can still make use of it instead of destroying the crop. So um, yeah. I think hopefully most states are realizing that, that, you know, you don't have to just burn a field. You can maybe find another resource. And I, I yeah, we're hoping, we're hoping anyways. And I, I think the right people are talking about it, like you said. Um, and the conversations are there, so it just, yeah. every, everything takes time. <laughs> yes, it, that makes so much more sense, though. Exactly. Well, this was awesome. I mean, unless, like I said, unless you have any other things that you'd like to add, I, I think you shared some awesome information. Thank you, too. This was fun. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Prairie Producers Podcast. You can find us on our website at prairieproco.com, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You can also contact us directly at nicole at prairieproco.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we hope you continue to follow us on this journey of reconnecting hemp fiber and agriculture.